right, thank you for that. Kids did a good job, amen. Even had the rhythm. Baptist, Baptist kids struggle with rhythm uh, normally, and, uh, and so I'm, I'm proud of them. They did a good job and kept up with the beat. A couple of them are off just a little bit, but, uh, uh, you know, uh, that'll come with time. And, uh, but uh, praise the Lord for that. Thank you for those who work with them. We're going to be back in Jonah. Uh, in chapter number one, also Psalm 139. We may get over there. I'm going to try to hurry tonight and uh, give us a, a shorter night. Uh, and uh, But uh, who knows what will happen. I always say that, and it's usually longer uh, when I say that. Uh, but uh, we will we'll see. I'll be in Jonah in chapter number one. If you weren't in the auditorium this morning, you were in the back. Uh, we were uh, talking about Jonah, uh, the story of Jonah as a whole. And we were in uh, chapter number two and, and looked at several things that were there. Uh, kind of focusing in on uh, the biggest part, that prayer of repentance uh, and how it really was a um, him uttering a prayer uh, and a promise to God uh, it, that he did uh, while deliverance was still in the future. So uh, he promised that he was going to, uh, to make a sacrifice uh, unto the Lord with a voice of thanksgiving and pay uh, the vow that he had vowed to the Lord. Uh, and so we stress uh, a couple of different angles uh, about uh, keeping our commitments to the Lord. And, uh, and uh, we uh, used uh, the fact that this was probably uh, one of the uh, best places in the Bible uh, dealing with believing prayer. Uh, and <clears throat> so uh, hopefully as we look at the life of Jonah, we can see uh, the importance of repentance. Uh, but I want to focus tonight on uh, just uh, how he went downhill uh, in the beginning uh, of chapter number one, uh, and we're going to look at mostly all of chapter number one tonight uh, quickly. And uh, but let me pray for the message this evening. Our Heavenly Father, I pray that you bless uh, the reading of your Word tonight. We pray that you bless uh, the thoughts contained in this Scripture. Uh, help us, Lord, all of us, to not make the same mistakes as Jonah did. Uh, that we might learn from them, and and uh, and Lord, uh, that we would uh, always uh, be faithful to you. Uh, in our life and the things that you call us to do. Uh, in Jesus' name, amen. Now, over the course of ministry, both long before I was, uh, well, from the time I got saved uh, in being in church, uh, I just remember people uh, that were there when I, you know, I first got saved, families that were in the church, and, uh, and then, uh, you know, after a little while, uh, you know, this, this family's gone. Uh, then a little while later, this one's gone, and, uh, and over the course of time, there have been a lot of people that I've known uh, who uh, were faithful church attenders, uh, members of churches, solid uh, you know, members, maybe even many of them deacons perhaps, and, uh, and other things where they just, uh, all of a sudden, they're just gone. Uh, and it's not just that they went to another church, uh, that's sometimes the case, but uh, a lot of times they get away from the Lord uh, and, and go on a path, completely uh, destructive path, uh, and many of them uh, are, uh, they get in a, a big mess. Uh, and, and you think, um, well, uh, my take on that at that time, even as a teenager, and as when I went to Bible college and went back uh, and worked with uh, pa- Pastor Wagon Shoots in particular, uh, I used to get really, really upset because I thought, you know, um, Christians should know better. Uh, you know, I looked at, you know, the lost world and, and what they did and the choices they made and, uh, and thought, well, they don't, you know, they don't know any better. They don't have Jesus, uh, uh, the Holy Spirit living in them. So they make those decisions. But when you're born again uh, and you're a new creature in Christ and you've got all that, uh, that uh, we have in the Bible, the Word of God, the Holy Spirit... 
uh, it's, it's confusing when uh, we make uh, choices that would pull us away from God. Uh, the, one of the greatest examples of, of that type of thinking uh, is Jonah uh, in the Bible. God wanted him to do something uh, that he didn't want to do. Now, for him, it was preaching to Ninevites in, uh, for all the reasons that they were the enemies of Israel. And, uh, and there were probably, in fact, when uh, I've illustrated that when you, he went into Nineveh, uh, at, when he finally got there, <clears throat> there was most likely uh, on the shoreline uh, of Nineveh um, staves, uh, poles that, uh, that had the heads of uh, Israelis uh, on them. Uh, they were brutal people. Uh, they, they, you know, there were no uh, Geneva Convention uh, rules, and they, uh, if there were, the Ninevites would have broke them all. Uh, they were terrible, terrible people. They would uh, uh, bleed people. They would uh, everything that you can imagine, uh, torture-wise. Uh, if you were to look at the history and who they were and what they did, um, if you lived at that time, uh, you wouldn't like the Ninevites either. Uh, so God says, I want you to go in, in, in preach to them. And Jonah knew that if he did that, that God was going to do something. Because that's what God does. God is in the saving business. Uh, and so if the Lord is uh, telling somebody to go to a people, you know sh- full well uh, that God is uh, more than likely going to do something. And so he didn't want to go. Uh, and so he fled uh, to Tarshish. And uh, this thought should be in our mind, and we don't know that necessarily by reading uh, the text, uh, but Tarshish... Uh, in Spain, the f- uh, furthest most part of Spain was the furthest known uh, place or civilization uh, in the known world at that time. Uh, remember, you know, Christopher Columbus and everything, they uh, went to, uh, to the west. But Spain uh, in Tarshish, that was as far. So when, when, when he ran away from the Lord, he ran as far as he knew he could, he could run. Uh, as far away from God, uh, and he was in error uh, because uh, we know, obviously, that uh, the eyes of the Lord are in every place, and uh, you can't run from, run from God. But he uh, walked 40 miles from his home, uh, got on a ship, uh, made his way towards Tarshish to get as far away from God as he possibly could. Somewhere along in that mix, if, it was, if I was God, I'd make him get all the way like you could see Tarshish. <laughs> uh, and uh, that's where I would have had the, 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 the things come in. But we don't know where exactly it was. It was 2,500 miles uh, from where he took off uh, to go to Tarshish. Uh, where he needed to go to Nineveh was only 400 to 600 miles, uh, kind of up through uh, the land on dry land. Uh, but he went out that far. Uh, and, uh, and so, uh, for sake of illustration, let's just imagine that he went quite a bit a ways out there. Uh, and then the storm came up. And, uh, and when God brought him in the belly of the fish and he was spit up on dry land, um, that's not where we, we kind of think, well, uh, he, uh, he got you know, out of the fish. Uh, somebody, as they were leaving today, imagined uh, that, uh, that it was just like uh, popped up out of the water uh, and uh, on the land and hit the ground running. But we don't know exactly, but we do know this. Uh, dry land uh, from the water, uh, the shoreline is still 400 miles uh, to, to get to Nineveh. So uh, when the Lord came to him a second time, uh, he still had a whole lot of work to do. And, uh, and, and that, uh, for me, uh, would uh, be an illustration of the fact that even when God delivers us uh, and we get on track, let's say, let's say we've, we've made a vow, we vowed to God that we're going to uh, go to church or read our Bible, whatever it is. 
Um, it isn't that God's just going to deliver you and then, and then all the commitments that you've made are just super easy to do. Uh, there's still going to be work involved. He still had to, you know, get out, you know, of the fish, uh, that whole thing, which was, I mean, I would, you know, um, there's just a lot of things that I would do. You know, I'd be like calling, you know, Fox News and tell them all about, uh, about uh, my endeavor, maybe, maybe get a book deal about, uh, you know, being in the belly of a fish for, uh, for three days and three nights. Uh, but we don't know exactly what happened, but we know that he had still had to travel a long ways uh, to get to that city. And then when he got there, uh, it was a, a, a ginormous city of a three days journey. So he walked a whole day into the city uh, as he began to preach uh, this eight-word message that uh, God used to bring many people to him. Uh, of course, we know that he got bitter uh, about that. But what is it about when God tells us to do something that we don't want to do, uh, that we think that we can just um, uh, disobey God, uh, and that, uh, that nobody else is going to notice, like it doesn't affect anybody else? He got on a boat uh, and uh, a stranger, but God knew exactly where he was along the way. Uh, he had uh, that fish prepared ahead of time. Uh, and, and, uh, and, and even when he was in the middle of, uh, of the sea, uh, at the bottom of that sea in that fish, God knew exactly where he was. Uh, but uh, yet he still uh, tried, uh, as people will try to, to run from God. So Tarshish was the most distant city uh, in the known world at that time, uh, and he fled there. Verse number 1 of chapter number 1, the Bible says, Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Rise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee into Tarshish from the presence of the Lord and went down to Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare thereof, went down in it, to go with them unto Tarshish from uh, the presence of the Lord. Uh, what did he do? Uh, you know, when he got caught up in his indecision, he did not want to obey the Lord. He didn't want to do what God would have him to do. He fled from the presence of God. As I've already mentioned, that's impossible for us to do. Um, we'll read here in a minute in Psalm 139 uh, some things about the Lord and what he knows and uh, and uh, in fact, not there, but other places talk about that as well. He's all-seeing God. Um, he, he sees where we're at uh, at, at all times. Uh, there's no place that we can go to hide from the eyes of the Lord. Uh, and not only that, uh, but he, he knows our thoughts. He knows what we're going to say before we even say it. God's not this puppet master or whatever. We uh, have free will and we say the things that uh, you know, are in our heart that comes out of our mouth. All that is true. Uh, but God is a sovereign God, and He knows everything that we're going to do and the decisions that we're going to make, and He knows the thoughts before we even have them. That's why it's important for us, uh, even oftentimes, uh, to confess our thought life uh, to the Lord. Uh, we think that if we just think it uh, and don't do it, that somehow uh, God's okay or we get a pass. Uh, but not that temptation is not a sin. Do you agree with that? Say amen. amen. Okay, temptation is not a sin, but lust conceives envy. There's all kinds, of, all kinds of thought that we can have in our mind uh, that God is displeased with, and we need to ask God to forgive us uh, for those thoughts and for uh, the, the heart issues uh, that we have. Uh, but that's what he did. He fled from the presence of God, uh, as we read about there uh, in uh, verse number 3. But, verse 4, "...the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea." 
And there was a mighty tempest in the sea, and that the ship was like to be broken. And then the mariners were afraid, and cried every man unto his God, and cast forth their wares uh, that were in the ship into the sea to lighten it of them. But Jonah was gone down into the sides of the ship, and he lay and was fast asleep. So the shipmaster came to him and said unto him, What meanest thou, O sleeper? Arise, call upon thy God, if so be that God will think upon us that we perish not. And they said, Every one to his fellow, Come and let us cast lots, uh, that we may know for whose cause this, this evil is upon us. So they cast lots, and lot fell upon Jonah. Let me stop there for a second. Uh, I used to think uh, that you know, this whole casting lots thing was a, uh, you know, kind of a weird gambly type of a, of a deal, but that's one of the things that God used. We, if you're at men's retreat, uh, and, and uh, Brother Schwanke preaching about Parbar, at Parbar Westward, Fort the Causeway, and two at Parbar, uh, I remember a long time ago uh, hearing a preacher uh, read that text and everybody thought he was speaking in tongues uh, and uh, wonder what in the world was that. It was, in the, it was in the Bible and it was like shortly after somebody asked me uh, if or the, the students in our chapel at, uh, at uh, high school, Christian high school, uh, if we knew uh, who Shamgar was. Uh, and then he went to show us how he killed all those Philistines with an ox go. There's a lot of great, neat things uh, in the Old Testament. Uh, but, uh, but when they were dillying out uh, to the responsibilities for the porters uh, and who would uh, guard uh, these different places to the north, south, east, west, uh, and, uh, of course, uh, uh, the, the whole analogy of that message, uh, for those of you who weren't at Men's Retreat, uh, that Brother Schwanke in his research talked about Parbar, what happened at that gate at Parbar, that was the Dung Gate. Uh, and uh, and there, were, there were guards at Parbar that, uh, that uh, uh, were mighty men of valor uh, that were able, uh, and they, in fact, guarded the king's toilet. All right? And it was really a, a whole message uh, intent on uh, teaches that God, whatever God calls us to do and sets us to do in a local church, He needs mighty able men uh, to be able to guard each gate, uh, but even to scrub the toilets, uh, and that's the qualifications that God has for us. Uh, but they would cast lots, uh, and uh, and uh, and however that went, that's how, what God God would use, and uh, so God directed through those things, and He did as well here as they cast lots. The lot fell. Uh, upon Jonah, then said they unto him, verse 8, Tell us, we pray thee, for whose cause this evil is upon us. What is thine occupation? And whence comest thou? What is thy country? And of what uh, people art thou? They're interrogating him because the lots fell upon him. And he said unto them, I am a Jew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, which hath made the sea and the dry land. Uh, then were the men exceedingly afraid and said unto him, Why hast thou done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord, uh, because he had told them. So not only did the, the lots fall upon him, uh, but he had also mentioned the fact that he was uh, fleeing from the presence of God. Then said they unto him, What shall we do unto thee, that the sea may be calm unto us? Uh, for the sea wrought and was tempestuous. Uh, I would have said, I don't know, turn the boat around, bring me back to shore. That's probably a response. I don't know. Give me the lifeboat now. Uh, I'll go out on that or, uh, you know, something. Uh, but uh, what was his, his response? He said unto them, Take me up and cast me forth into the sea. So shall the sea be calm unto you, for I know that for my sake this great tempest is upon you. And uh, now later on in the book of Jonah, we find him angry even unto death. Uh, in, in a way uh, that he just really didn't care about his own life. Uh, but, uh, but I don't think he was at that place in his mind at this time. In fact, everything he was doing is the opposite. He was selfish. 
uh, running from the presence of God, doing his own thing. Uh, figure he could just get as far away from, uh, from home uh, and from the will of God as he can, uh, all the way out there to the end of the earth that they knew at that time. Uh, and so he said, throw me overboard. And they, uh, you know, they still decided at that point not to do it. Nevertheless, verse 13, the men rode hard to bring it to the land. Uh, for they could not, for the sea was uh, sea wrought and was tempestuous against them. Wherefore they cried unto the Lord and said, We beseech thee, O Lord, we beseech thee, let us not perish for this man's life, and lay not us upon us innocent blood, for thou, O Lord, hast done as it pleased thee. And so they took up Jonah and cast him forth uh, into the sea, and the sea ceased uh, from her raging. Uh, now I happen to think that, uh, that it was an immediate thing. So that's what, how God, as we read about Him and calming seas uh, in things in the Scriptures, I, uh, I, probably, I think that uh, once uh, Jonah's carcass hit the water, uh, there was a calm that had come over it. And, uh, and you know, I, you know um, if you've ever jumped out of a boat uh, and, uh, on the, a sea or a lake or whatever, I mean, um, the calm, the, the, in this story, it goes calm, uh, but I don't care how terrible of a swimmer you are. Um, you're going to be around for a little bit <laughs> before you sink. I mean, most people uh, uh, would uh, thrash around or whatever. Uh, I'm sure he just like throw me over this. Uh, they throw him over. I'm just imagining what people would do. I mean, your natural response to drowning is to fight it. And so I just don't think he just and just and and, uh, and just uh, down down he went. Uh, uh, the the seas calmed or whatever. And uh, in the story, again, it's not in there, but. Uh, there's a part of me that's kind of like, in my mind, I think, there he is just floating there as the boat just takes off. I mean, they're not going to get that, that guy back in the boat. He was, he was the source of the whole problem. Uh, so whatever the case may be, I, I feel that he was probably uh, there for a minute and God had prepared uh, the uh, great fish. And, uh, in, and great fish like to fish. Uh, and, uh, and so there's, uh, there's something to eat uh, right there floating on the, on the sea and swallowed them up. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days. So he fled from the presence of God. Uh, and then he declined the service of God. Uh, he, God had a job for him to do uh, and uh, he declined to do that. God help us if that's ever our testimony. Uh, if God's ever called you uh, to, uh, to ministry. Uh, the Bible says that that call of God is without repentance, and uh, and uh, I've known a lot of people. There's one uh, one of my friends in particular. They were in our wedding and things, and uh, and he was in Bible college when I was in Bible college to uh, surrender to be a missionary. That's why he went. Uh, he went to Bible college, uh, but then he you know was going to wait till he got married, and then they're going to wait till this, and then they're going to wait till uh, they get out of debt, and then uh, and wait till our kids are uh, and wait. Guess what? They're still waiting. Uh, not on the mission field, uh, and and uh, all uh, and just going through life. They're in church, uh, uh, you know. Don't get me wrong; they're in church, but uh, but fleeing uh, from a call of God in that respect and not following through, uh, declining for the service of God. But uh, the, the point that I want to point out from chapter number one is this third thing that I want to mention: fled from the presence of God, declined the service of God, and then he sought happiness uh, in a way of disobedience to God. Now, back in chapter number one, uh, let's point out just a couple of things. Verse number four, uh, so uh, God sent this great wind to the sea. Uh, and, uh, and that didn't, you know, the storm didn't bother Jonah. 
because uh, the Bible says that he was uh, uh, in the, the, the boat, in the ship, sleeping. Now, we know uh, there's another story in the Bible where uh, we find Jesus uh, uh, on a ship sleeping, but that's a whole another peace and calm and, of course, uh, knowledge and, uh, and power uh, that he has that, that he would rest uh, through a storm that, uh, that he knows is uh, happening and that he uh, created or allowed. Uh, but that's not the case for Jonah. Uh, he, just, uh, he just didn't really care. Uh, storms. He just he's fleeing from the presence of God. He doesn't want. He's just trying to get his spot. And so even uh, even a great wind uh, in a storm is not going to deter uh, someone who wants to run from God. Uh, and why I'm pointing these out is because I've met people that have they've left God and left church. Now again, uh, not everybody uh, is going to ever come and stay and live their whole life and you know raise all their children at Berean Baptist Church. It's not the will of God for everybody to come. But there have been people over the course of time uh, that have left our church and they're no longer in church uh, or they're no longer in a Baptist church. Uh, and, uh, and for all intents and purposes, uh, we can love them and pray for them, uh, but they have compromised. Uh, they have set things aside that they believed in for, for their reasons uh, and they're just doing their own thing. Uh, and, and they know full well uh, because they believe with all the fervor uh, that they could, uh, they could have uh, in the Word of God and those things. I mean, I know preachers. Uh, one preacher, I mean, he was as, as to the right uh, and conservative and et cetera, et cetera, Baptist with a capital B, uh, and just as much gets excited about compromise as I do. Uh, and it's on the total other end of that spectrum now. And here's what he would say, uh, and, I've, and they've said this several times. I've heard people say that, well, I did all of that in ignorance. And uh, I thought, well, uh, that's really not a good thing to, uh, to, to tell your now church people that you were ignorant for 20 years <laughs> uh, and, uh, and up and preaching. But, but um, you know, I, I told the one guy, I said, well, you're ignorant still. You're still ignorant. And, and, and you, be, you believed all what I believe with all of your heart and preached it and taught it, whatever, and now you believe something else with all your heart. How can you trust it? How can anybody trust uh, what you're saying uh, if, uh, if that's your take? The ship the, is in the middle of a great wind in a storm uh, in Jonah uh, is not bothered in the least bit by that. Verse number five, then the mariners were afraid and cried every man unto his God. So not only is there a storm going on, but now you've got mariners uh, who were men of the sea who had been in storms before and now they're nervous. You know, I, I, I've used this illustration before about uh, uh, hunting has been on my mind uh, just because uh, everybody's posting all, the, all the, the deer and elk and everything that they're shooting. Uh, and, uh, and it's the time I get, I get jealous uh, of uh, all of that. And so I, I actually posted one, uh, a picture of one that, that I slayed, uh, you know, over the weekend. It's a little stuffed deer um, uh, toy. I said, got her, got her done. Uh, and uh, and uh, so I remember hunting with my dad and he was, you know, this was before... Uh, you know, GPS is now you can just, anybody, if you, you've never been in the woods before, you can just plunk things into a, a device and pretty much tromp everywhere uh, and find your way back to your car or whatever. I mean, uh, my phone, even when I don't want to know where my car is, uh, tells me where my car is. Uh, and, uh, and so there's a, it's a different day and time. But, but back even then, it's like my dad refused to carry a compass. 
He's like, I know these woods and whatever, and, and, uh, and, and he would get out there. Uh, and so I was never really ever nervous with my dad when we're out in the woods because he just knew the woods. But uh, there, was, there was one time, maybe two, that I can remember where, where he was nervous. He was lost. And I could tell he was lost, even though he was telling me that he wasn't. And, and when he got nervous, I got nervous. I got worried that we we're going to uh, make, our, make our way back to camp or uh, back to the, to the vehicle. And so here we have seasoned men of the sea, uh, mariners, who were afraid and crying, uh, and, uh, and, and that didn't even bother him, that, that they were concerned. Uh, but Jonah was down on the sides of the ship, and he lay and was fast asleep. Verse number 6, then uh, the shipmaster came to him. So it's not just the men on the, the boat, but now uh, the, the captain, the leader uh, that's there. And, uh, and uh, he says, What's, you know, what meanest thou, O sleeper? Arise and call upon thy God. Everybody else was calling upon their gods. And we won't get into it because it'll be another 15 minutes. Uh, but later on, we can see uh, how that when they realized and understood uh, that it was Jehovah God, his God that he was fleeing from, that was the, uh, the cause, uh, that was the cause of the storm. Uh, they, uh, they prayed to Jehovah God. Uh, they prayed when Jonah himself didn't pray. And what I mean by that, or what I take note of that, is that there are a lot of, lot of, lot of people uh, who don't know the Lord that seem to know how uh, Christians ought to live and how they ought to behave and uh, what they ought to do more than, uh, more than Christians do. Uh, now, we know that, uh, that, uh, that prayers and, uh, of the wicked are an abomination to the Lord, uh, but uh, these men uh, prayed uh, to God, uh, and uh, they also, when, when verse number 16 of chapter 1, uh, then the men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a, a sacrifice unto the Lord and made vows. Uh, I'm not sure as, uh, you know, they go through this type of an experience and uh, you throw somebody over, you get a storm, you're afraid, uh, he hits the water. Uh, and uh, the storm is gone, uh, and, uh, and they're probably just sitting there going, I don't know, should we pick them up? No. If we leave them there? Uh, no, that's not right. <laughs> and uh, uh, he's gone like, well, I guess that decision's made. Uh, and uh, and uh, there, that was, that was a, you know, a, a great story to tell when they got back, uh, back to port, or to Tarshish, because that's uh, where they were headed. Uh, but, uh, but the Bible says that they feared the Lord exceeding and offered sacrifice to the Lord. So maybe it, maybe it affected them in a way that uh, they believed more uh, in Jonah's God. But it didn't phase Jonah, because he was, he was running from the presence of God. Uh, then uh, the shipmaster. Uh, then verse number 7 uh, says that they cast lots. Uh, and so the lots cast, and, and you just kind of see Jonah with this nonchalant kind of like whatever attitude uh, through the whole thing. They said, you know, uh, you know, what's thine occupation? What's comest thou there? And Terry, he says, he's like, I'm a Hebrew I, and I fear the Lord, God of heaven. Uh, and he just tells him and, uh, and, uh, and they knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord. And then he's, he's like, well, what do you, what do you, what should we do? He says, well, throw me overboard, throw me overboard. All of that to say this, is that when people run from God and, flee, and, and decline to do His service and, uh, and uh, just live uh, their life to, uh, in happiness in a way of disobedience to God, uh, I know and you know uh, that if they're saved, uh, that they're really not happy. 
you know, they can put on a face. They can put on a front. They could act like everything's okay, uh, like Jonah did. Uh, but everything is not okay. Not if you're really saved. I believe this with all my heart. I just don't think that somebody uh, who is a child of God can live a backslidden life uh, and, and uh, the Holy Spirit of God not tear them to pieces. Uh, and, you know, if, uh, if, you, if, you, if you live for God and you love God and at some point in your life uh, you might say something that you shouldn't say and the Holy Spirit of God uh, brings conviction and, uh, and you're, you're driven through that to respond and to maybe apologize to somebody, uh, how do you think that you can just live uh, day after day and week after week in disobedience and rebellion to God uh, and God leave you alone? So the same people who, uh, who uh, you know, uh, would... Uh, would b- live uh, according to a certain belief or standard and, b- and do all of that with, uh, as unto the Lord to give Him glory, are no longer doing that. Uh, and they're doing, in many respects, the absolute opposite uh, are in, in, in direct sin. And then they're going to tell you or they're going to tell me or tell somebody else uh, that, that God's left them alone. They're just, they're just happy. They're happy uh, with, uh, uh, with what's going on. I had uh, somebody who, uh, who uh, uh, are friends with people who uh, had left church and, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and say, I, just t- I can tell a pastor they're not happy. Of course you're not. Now, you know, being at Berean Baptist Church might not make them happy. But by the way, let me also say this. It's not Berean Baptist Church to make you happy. It's not our job. It's not my job. To, to, to make you, I'm just not happy here. So? I mean, what am, how am I supposed to respond? You know, what, can I, what can I do to make you happy? Is not the response that you're going to get. Well, if you love me, then you try. No, it's, it's, it is, that is a whole misunderstanding about what church even actually is. Uh, Brain Baptist Church is supposed to make you more holy, not make you happy. So that's another message for another time. Uh, but, uh, but they're miserable outside of the will of God. Uh, but nothing seems to phase them. And here's, here's what you might conclude. Uh, pastor, nothing's going to change for them until they what? What's that? They get right, but normally what's going what's to cause that? We would say hitting something. Hitting rock bottom. Now Jonah hit rock bottom. You can't get more rock bottom the bottom of the ocean in a big fish. It don't get much lower than that. Uh, and he's still for two days or more. Um, he didn't repent until the very end, did he? So, so even with all of that, storms and people and all the things and just, hey, whatever, throw me overboard. And down he goes and, and covered in weeds and just you know soaking it up in some gastric acid uh, in a fish's belly, uh, and uh, until he got to the point where his soul fainted, then he finally came to his senses. Um, but wouldn't it be something if we just if we just read accounts like Jonah and just decided that I'm never going to get to the place uh, where God's got to bring me to rock bottom before I would obey Him? That that's really kind of the moral of the whole thing. Why is Jonah uh, or accounts like Jonah in his life in the scripture so that we can, we can learn? And what is it? God says, do this. He didn't want to obey God and ran from God. 
uh, in trying to live it up. Now, I'm thankful that it wasn't, you know, a whole lot of time, but there are people who just, uh, they're, they're drinking now. They, they used to be against drinking, but they're drinking. I saw, I saw the other day uh, a, a, a pastor friend that I was close to uh, celebrating the birthday, 18th birthday of one of their kids with, uh, with a bottle of red wine on the table. Uh, his glass full, his wife had uh, some white wine, and, uh, and uh, they, used to, they used to preach that drinking alcohol is sin, and it's, and it's raging, and a Christian ought not ever touch it. And, and now they've got zero problems posted on the internet for all the world to see uh, that, uh, that they no longer have a problem with it. And to me, that's super sad. Now, I'm against alcohol just because my dad was a drunk and whatever, and I just, I mean, I despise it. I don't want to be around it. I don't want to be around people who are doing it. Uh, and, uh, and so that's, you know, I wouldn't have to have one Bible verse about it. I, I despise it. Um, but there are a lot, you know. And, uh, and so he would preach. I, I, can re- I can remember times where we'd sit and talk about it even. Uh, but yet now he's doing it. But seems, seems content. Seems like, you know, everything's just okay. And if you were to say to him, hey, you probably shouldn't do that, you know, it's like, well, you know, uh, uh, just disagrees perhaps or uh, he's just going to do what he wants to do. And that's what people do when they flee the presence of God. It's like, they, it's like they're going to go as far, like God doesn't see it. As far away uh, uh, it, it, to Tarshish as like possibly go, uh, but there's no point, you, you can't hide. And, and here's what, I, I just, I just, not that, hell could be any hotter for anybody or whatever, please don't misunderstand me, but there, there's got to be uh, a loss that we suffer when we stand before God, when we've preached one thing for years and then turn and go back and preach something else or don't preach at all or get outside of the will of God. Uh, there's got to be something uh, that, that uh, in a way where God lets us know that, uh, that I mean, he does in Scripture, he says if we, if we put our hands to the pile and turn back, we're not fit for the kingdom of God. I mean, uh, we're not to look back. He gives us an illustration uh, in, uh, in Lot's wife. Uh, they, you know, he says we ought to forsake father and mother and sister and brother to live a crucified life, a cross-bearing life, a, an exchanged life, all those things, a living sacrifice. I mean, there's plenty in, in, in the book uh, that we're to run our race and, uh, and to do it lawfully, etc. cetera, uh, and on and on and on. Uh, but there are people who God says, do this. Now, it might, not be, it might not be as bad as what Jonah would happen to him. It might not be a complete, absolute forsaking of God and running from God to that, to that extent. But he, he, knew, he knew everything. In fact, it's like, hey, well, I'm, you know, I fear God, etc. He knew all of that, yet he did it anyway. Uh, and, it, and in the end, uh, it turned out where people got saved and he got to where he was going, but he, he did so under duress. At one point, confessing that you know he's going to give his vow, but at the same, at the second, uh, the second time, the word of the Lord came to him, and he went and he went into that city and preached, and uh, and uh, and it displeased Jonah. The Bible says in, in chapter number four, uh, he was very angry, uh, and 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 he prayed. Um, so we have an example of 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 one of the the greatest examples of believing prayer in chapter number one. Then we have uh, in, uh, in the next chapter over uh, one of the most biggest examples of petulant, unsubmissive, crybaby, uh, ungrateful, selfish prayers in all the Bible from the same guy in the same thing. And uh, you, ever, you ever just look at somebody who's, who's, who's been in the belly, in, well, in, in the analogy, they've been in the, the belly of a whale. I mean, life, absolute train wreck. 
and God seems to bring them through that, but they don't learn their lesson. And, and, they, and you, they find themselves back in the same spot, and you just, you just scratch your head and wonder how in the world did they not learn? I mean, I would, I would get swallowed by a whale once. That's it. One time. That would be enough for me. But not some people. Some people are like, you know, I made it through. Once, I'll make it through again. And, uh, and that's their, their attitude. No, one time uh, is all that it would need uh, for most people. So what did he do? He fled from the presence of God, declined the service of God. He sought happiness in a way of disobedience to God. Uh, and all the things that God brought to him, he didn't respond to. And, uh, and it might be for you, it could be uh, the preacher calling, say, hey, miss you at church, or hey, what's going on, or why don't you talk to me, or, uh, or a loved one, uh, or a, a, a church member, uh, a fellow brother or sister in Christ says, hey, don't do that. Uh, you ought to be careful. That's not right. Uh, and you get warning after warning, but you push back and you push back and push back. And pretty soon you're, uh, you're, you're uh, you know, 20 miles from Joppa uh, on your way to Tarshish, and you're this far and this far and this far. Uh, and you're just not listening. And the longer you go, uh, the Holy, you become hardened to the Holy Spirit of God. Uh, and you're just not listening. It seems like God takes his hand off. And then pretty soon you just, uh, you're, in a, you're a prodigal son. Away from God, living in, in riotous living. Uh, and uh, and, uh, and when, when God doesn't kill you or uh, you don't lose everything and it seems like, uh, okay, I, I don't got to go to church anymore. Uh, I don't have all the pressure. Uh, I, the preacher's not making me, uh, it's just so refreshing not going to church. And the preacher doesn't make me feel guilty anymore. I'm just living my life. Um, you can't live there and be happy and content if you're a child of God in disobedience. Promise you. You can tell me you're okay. And you can tell everybody else you're okay, uh, but, but with the authority of this book, I know that you're not. And at some point, um, you, know, uh, you know, God's either going to, God is either going to gently and lovingly bring you to a point to where the light bulb goes on, uh, or uh, He's going to allow this happen, or that happen, stuff like in your life, in your family, your kids, your health, or whatever. Uh, and, uh, and there are a lot of things uh, that can take place to where, uh, where you get to rock bottom like he did, and finally he cries out to God in the very end. Um, but I hope that uh, you never do that. And I hope if you know somebody uh, that's at that point, that you reach out to them and, uh, and, uh, and beg them and be praying for them, say you don't need to uh, take it this far. Uh, it's, getting right with God is as simple as a prayer when you think about it. As simple as a prayer. Somebody who could be steeped in all kinds of sin for a long time, destroying themselves. And if they simply pray and ask God to forgive them uh, and repent, then God will forgive them, confess it. That doesn't mean that there would be no consequences, uh, but it's as simple as that. So tonight, just commit to God. I'm never going to take it that far, God. Uh, I'm never going to take it to, to the end, uh, to the rock bottom place. Uh, if uh, whatever it is you want me to do, I surrender to you to do that now. Uh, and if there's anything uh, in my life, Lord, uh, to where I'm in rebellion, uh, disobedience to you, uh, just have God just reveal it. Now, you probably already know, uh, but, uh, but don't fight it. You just think, I can just say no to God and no to God and no to God till he leaves me alone. And, and, uh, but it isn't that you just, like God just changed his mind. Uh, it's just you're living in disobedience. 
uh, and, uh, and you're going to struggle with the fruit uh, of that uh, in your life, and I hope that's not your case. We're going to stop there. Let's all stand with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. And